All right, back at it. Uh, I'm your host, Liam Skiffington. Today, I got my brother, Trey Skiffington, uh, alongside me. And today, we are joined by Mr. Glenn Garcia. Glenn's been making waves on Twitter over the last, I would say, two to three weeks. Kind of popped out of nowhere. So, Glenn, we're happy to have you on here. Uh, happy to learn what you're all about. So, how you doing? Good, good. I'm happy to be here. Um, once you reached out, I started searching up to see um, what's the podcast about and kind of like to get ready to to talk to you guys and I've enjoyed it so keep up the good work you've been doing great I appreciate that thank you so Glenn let's get into let's just get right into it how did you become a baseball fan where are you from uh how did you first fall in love with the sport so I come from a baseball family my cousins my uncles um back in Puerto Rico they 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 all play baseball so I was kind of like born into the baseball family. Um, and my dreams were always to be an MLB baseball player. Um, and around 15 years old, I got I got an illness that the doctor described it as pancreatitis, which um, it was a bummer because I couldn't play my high school years. So since I didn't have the credentials to play in high school, um, I didn't, I, I couldn't play college. I couldn't do none of that stuff. So I got into softball for a while and I'm like, Hey, it gives me the feel a little bit of the baseball competitiveness and stuff like that. So I started making teams or whatever. And I told my wife, because I'm a wife, I got five kids. And I told my wife, I was like, Hey, um, I think I want to start baseball again. Cause every time I went to a Red Sox game, every time I went to Puerto Rico and saw Carlos Beltran in his house hitting in the cages and stuff like that. I'm like, damn, like, I want that again. Like, I want to play baseball. So I tried out for a – it's a independent semi-pro team. Right when they see me try out, they were like, hey, the glove is there, but the bat's not there yet. I had kind of a late swim because softball to baseball is way different. And I was facing guys that were throwing 90 miles an hour, and I'm like, ah. Then I, I started doubting myself. I had a bad first – first year and from there on like I just kept growing I just I knew my glove was there but hitting wise and all of that stuff so yeah so I've been a I've been a baseball fan and a Yankee hater since since I was born my family is divided my family there's half Red Sox half Yankees so to trigger one another every time the Red Sox are facing the Yankees will make a phone call hey we're destroying you guys hey a lot of smack talking (laughs) Yeah, so, so did you grow up in Boston? I did. I was born and raised. What part? In Lemonster. Oh, okay. I lived in Brighton for a couple of years. Brighton? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you guys live you so, in Boston now? I live in New Jersey. He lives in uh, Western Massachusetts. Oh, Trey, you, you can talk. You're yeah. closer to the Yankees. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. So do you get to Fenway Park often every year? I do. And... Okay. The way the the team's direction goes sometimes, sometimes I get mad. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? This year, I'm not going to a Red Sox game. <laughs> You're boycotting officially? Yeah, but nah. But once the summer starts hitting and all of that stuff, I love spring training games more than anything. Really? Yeah. Once spring training comes, like I get to see prospects and all of that stuff. Yeah. So it it like um it makes me like want to go to a Red Sox game so bad when they come down here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, we, we end up going every year no matter what like we always like well, i'll hate on them as much as i 
do. And then the second it comes around, they're home. We have nothing else to do. We're like, ah, you can't. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Glenn, ha- you are obviously friends somehow, acquaintances with Brian Bayo. How did you guys uh, get connected? So me and Brian Bayo, we got connected um, before he was famous. So I was reading into him and stuff like that. And when I went on Instagram, he had like maybe 5,000 followers. So I'm like, this is the opportunity to actually go and reach out. Maybe I can get an answer from him. So me and Brian Bayo, we actually connected when he was in the Woo Sox. Mm-hmm. I live maybe 15 minutes away from the Woo Sox stadium. Yeah. We connected. Um, and a guy, uh, an MLB insider, he told me once, he was like, when you go to a game, if you want to talk to a Puerto Rican or a Dominican player, the way to get their attention is talking to them in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I remember I saw Bello. I'm like, mira Bello, hey. <laughs> so he came over um, and and that's that's how we connected. We maintained, uh, um, he was actually following me on Instagram and stuff like that. We kind of like hung out after and I seen him grow and I'm very proud of that guy. And I always tell him, every time I have the chance to speak to him, I tell him, Listen, the Red Sox, just to boost his confidence a little, I say the Red Sox fans, they're looking for an ace. But to me, you're our ace right now. Mm-hmm. And I see the mm-hmm. potential in him. I, I can see a little bit of Pedro. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to be the opening day starter. Yep. Yeah. If, oh, we don't get Mon- if we don't get Montgomery, because it's loud right now, huh, Montgomery? All right, Glenn, let me, let me ask you a couple things on here. Yes. You just said getting, and I saw your tweet earlier. You said Jordan Montgomery is getting loud. What do you mean by that? It's getting really loud. I have not spoken to Alex Cora personally, but I know people that are always with him. And there's things that I'm not allowed to say. There's a lot of people that have inboxed me in Twitter, and they're like, what are you hearing? Tell me, what are you hearing? Like the when I reported the, the Rodriguez guy going to the Blue Jays, Mm-hmm. I reported it and I was talking to someone and at the same time we got the same report and it went out there and he inboxed me. I'll send you the messages later. <laughs> he inboxed me. He said, Hey, keep it up. Fans are always going to be fans. They're going to hate on you. They're going to do this. Yep, they're like, who absolutely. is this guy? Yeah. And I tell everybody, I even told you when you reached out, I said, mm-hmm. I'm not an MLB insider. I'm not, I'm not this type of person that social media probably thinks I am. I'm just a fan. I love the sport, and I got friends. So mm-hmm. when I said that Montgomery is sounding really loud, there is a little detail that I can probably tell you off camera that I won't say on camera because, you know what I'm saying, fans will attack you for that. Yeah. But is it about uh, is it about his wife? No, it's not about his wife. Okay, because his the- wife has a job in Boston. That's why I didn't know if it. Uh, yeah, she works at the hospital in Boston, and. I guess mm-hmm. he's still down here training. So was when that, I was that, that the tidbit? No, when I said okay. that it's getting loud, is that there's mutual interest mm-hmm. to the fact that Boston is his second team that he wants to go to. His first one is the Rangers, but yep. they're having a money issue over there right now. So well, <laughs> well, let me. I don't know if you've been paying attention, Glenn. <laughs> so is Boston. So is the Red Sox? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the issue that the Rangers are having is it's worse than Boston. Boston has money, and they're just being stingy. Yeah. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Now, the Rangers, they want Montgomery. They just can't find a way right now to, to sign him. So yeah. when I said it was getting loud in here, 
about Montgomery is that they've reached out to him, but he's also reached out to Boston. Good. Hmm. Interesting. So that's. Are you hearing? Have you heard anything? And like, I got you on the show, so I got to ask you. Like, have you heard anything in terms of like a yearly figure or a dollar amount? So right now, Boston doesn't want to go past three years, right? On anyone. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you seen my tweet yesterday where Tom Warner said that he has no plans of selling the team. <laughs> but the yeah. direction that the team is going right now, it's almost doubtful that they will not sell the team because I feel like they needed to keep Raphael Devers because nobody was going to buy the team without a Rafi in it. Yep. But now they're they're playing like a small market team. Yeah. So now they're Here's... signing back to one year, two years. Here's my theory, Glenn. You can tell me. Trey, you can also tell me. Sorry, I got to wet my whistle. Um, So you said you think that they're getting prepped for a sale. Trey, do you believe that they're getting prepped for a sale? No shot. No? Okay. So neither do I, Glenn. The reason why is because – and you made great points. Like, yeah, obviously they needed to lock up Devers if they were going to sell. No one's going to buy a team with no stars or no potential, right? But the reason I don't think that they're not going to sell is because they're waiting for this um, like construct to be built around Fenway. And they're going to wait to absolutely suck that dry from money from all the fans. And once that's built up around Fenway Park, more you're just going to get more foot traffic in general to Fenway Park. So it's going to uh, evolve into more of an entire business that's not just revolved around the Red Sox. It's going to be an entire, there's going to be hotels, there's going to be shopping malls, there's going to be all that shit around there that maybe the Red Sox are owning, maybe they have stake in it, maybe they have a financial stake in it. I don't know, but I don't think that they're going to be able, that they're looking to sell at least before they see that development through. Is it like the battery, Liam, in uh, Atlanta? Are they trying to build So that's what they're trying to mimic, like having an area around Fenway like similar to – like most ballparks do have something like that. And I think Fenway is just tough, man, because the – like the um, geographical constraints you have, you can only put so much around there Mm -hmm. without it being cramped. I'll let you two talk now. That was a lot. We've been, we've been to Atlanta both years and for like tournaments the last couple of years and there's kids just running around. They're nodding at the game and it's all, it's all Braves like activities. They have like wiffle ball game stuff going on there and that's, that's huge, but they make, they draw so much money into there and, and even like, it's the same thing in Atlanta as it is here in Boston. They have no room. They're in the middle of downtown. Yeah, but they just built that ballpark, so they had they yeah. had a whole development to like sure. make that similar to what they're doing in Worcester, similar to what they're doing in um, Nashville. I don't know if you have you ever been to Nashville, Glenn? No. Okay, so I lived there for two years. So the uh, Brewers AAA team is down there, and they have a beautiful ballpark. It's the best uh, minor league park I've been to for sure. But everyone wants them to have a major league team. There's no even if they put it in that same exact spot, it's not big enough to. Uh, accommodate like a major league stadium or parking or any of that. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are good points. And like I said, I don't believe they're going to sell the team right away, but I, I strongly believe that in the near future, we'll probably have new owners. Maybe 
not because they want to. Yeah. But they're going to supposedly give the fans what they want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, is that uh, is that again? I got to Is that something you're hearing, or is that just, is that your theory? No, it's my theory. Okay, it's my yeah. theory. There was um, a couple guys in the locker room that did feel like that's where the Red Sox were going. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and there was one theory that came out from from a reporter that he said that he felt like 2026 was probably the year that they were going to sell the team. Uh, and I, I wonder. I, I, what... I never thought. I never thought they would sell the team, but once I heard that, that they gave the Red Sox probably two years to sell the team, that's when I started like thinking about some different type of theories and all that stuff. So, what have you heard on Alex Cora's contract situation? Because Sam Kennedy came on uh, Nesson today and said that. It is directly Craig Breslow's responsibility whether or not he would like Alex Cora in that seat next year. Yeah, so um, they're very quiet in that area. I believe but that. Very quiet. But if you want to hear my theory. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I believe, you know, it, it's, it's kind of confusing a little bit because when they were looking for a GM, they were looking for a GM that was willing to keep Cora. Mm-hmm. So that's why they they all of a sudden got Craig Breslow, um, for that reason. But at the same time, I just don't see him coming back next year. Why would he? I just feel like he won't, and I feel like Jason Veritek will be the perfect guy to take over that job. See, I think here, Glenn, you said uh, that's a cliche Red Sox fan thing to say, and mm. I can appreciate it for sure. I don't know that Jason Veritek's the guy for that job. It's been speculated for uh, basically mm-hmm. every time there's been an opening that Jason Veritek's going to slot in there. And it yep. hasn't happened yet. So truthfully, I really don't think it's going to happen. I think that Veritek's very comfortable in the role he's in with the Red Sox, yeah, helping sure. their young catchers, uh, game planning, all of that stuff. And I really think that obviously that's his niche and that's what he would be best at. I don't. I think he would be a fine major league manager as well. I just think that especially as it pertains to Kyle Teal right now. Yeah. Um, I you want need- him in Veritech. Yeah, yeah. I want Veritech's attention fully on him. On yeah. 24 seven. Yeah. And uh, he said earlier this weekend that they have been working together, which is obviously, I mean, fun to hear and encouraging to hear. I think Teal might, yeah, might see when, him in September this year. Yeah, when do you guys, like both of you have, like when do you see Teal coming up? Cause he was tearing it up and we don't really got anything concrete back there so i don't not not this year no no i don't think he's mlb ready yet see my theory is especially because like they're gonna this is gonna be their year like they're gonna let these kids fucking play yeah i don't like mayor is not gonna be up till maybe end of the year if he even gets up this year um anthony same thing but like especially in terms of a catcher like you can have Kyle Teal out there for two, three games a week. Make him the, so. make it like yeah. a, uh, what the hell's the word I'm looking for? Oh my God. Like ease him into it. Yeah, ease yeah. him into it. That's not what I was looking for. But um, it, it's also hard not to bring a guy up when they're hitting 400 in the minors, like as a catcher. Like he hit like 390 something in the, like the first couple months of the minor leagues. That's like, 
you can't keep a guy like that down there for that long. For he's sure. Like, We're definitely getting ahead of ourselves too. He's had one professional season. Yeah, exactly. So he's not going to be like, he's not going to break camp. He's not going to do any of that. But if things go well for him this year, I could see him up in September for sure. Yeah. Like, kind of like the Dan was last year. They, they just needed somebody to come up, give him some time, test him out later on in the year. I could see right. that. Yeah, that's the guy I have big expectations for. Yeah, me as well. Rafaela. Yep. We know the we know the defense is there. Maybe not at the potential we're supposed to be, but I can see I, I can see his back getting way better this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had sparks too last year. His first couple of games he had really good. Yeah, he, he went on a little stretch like in the middle of his 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 tenure uh, last year, but only a couple of games, so it's hard to hard to judge him off that. But yeah, he looked good. Is um, anyone here worried about a potential Tristan Cassis? And I don't tolerate Tristan Cassis slander, but is anyone here worried about a potential sophomore slump? Yeah. Big time. You want to you expand on that, Trey? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know. I think last year, like, he's, like, his second half of the year was obviously way better than his first half. And I think, like, he did ease into a little bit. But it's just so common in, like, new MLB – with all the analytics and stuff like that, where pitchers will find you out like this. Like, you saw how it was a Bellinger. He almost he won Rookie of the Year. His second year is horrible. It's just like they're so quick to find your, like, uh, out in your swing so fast. And mm-hmm. that's a guy, like, we don't have many big bats. They're going to need to – they're going to look through our lineup and see who who's the guy we're going to target, and that's going to be him right away. And I think they're going to be able to find him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think with uh, – no, you can go, Glenn. Sorry. No, no, I agree. I agree with what Trey's saying. Yeah, um, we seen it. We seen it last year. We seen the first half of the season. I think that that comes from fans that have high expectations. Yeah, they feel he's going to be a three hundred thirty hitter. They feel like he's going to be forty home run every year. And I think the high expectations is what really gets the fans kind of frustrated at the performance. Like a lot of fans, they were already thinking of trading him, yeah. or, mm-hmm. or or they were calling him a bust. Yeah. You know? And I, I feel like he will have a better year than he did last year because we saw the way he grew towards the second half of the season. He was ripping it. Mm-hmm. He was even a candidate for rookie of the year. So Which is crazy. I I hope and I pray that a full spring training will get him hot enough in the back where he can just start performing well since since opening day. How much uh stock do you guys put in spring training numbers? No, I not don't. a lot. No, I not don't. a lot. Okay, me either. I was I'll just look curious. At, look at Bobby Dahlbeck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. He rips yep. it in spring training. Then comes the season, yep. and yep, he's Bobby again. I see him. Um, I see Dahlbeck playing not in a Red Sox or a Woo Sox uniform this year. No, they got to. You got to move on. There's, there's nowhere to put him. He's been inconsistent. Like I just don't see him being here. Get something out of him because there's no room for him in our lineup. At either level. Yeah, the only problem with him trading him is that there's really no value. Yeah. Who are we going to get? get any, yeah. What are we going to get for him? What are we going to get? Cash considerations? Yeah. 500000 right. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to pay somebody to get him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, you can, he's, a, he's not a bad piece to include in a package. No, true. Yeah. As like a throw-in, I guess. But he's also like... He's not good. What did you he, say? He has power potential. Like he, he's got pop potential, but like... I don't know. I just he's only a cornerstone in like a in a deal, like you said. I don't see him being a like a, like a swap anywhere. Yeah, he's like a throw in. 
yeah. a less a, a less powerful um Joey Gallo. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, the right-handed yeah. Joey Gallo. Jeez. Um Glenn, so as we're wrapping up here before we let you go, a couple more things. What's one yeah. um baseball take that you have that people just will not agree with? Um I won't you you, you can think about it. I won't put you on the spot, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Trey, think of one too. A baseball take. Mm-hmm. All right, I got. Can it one. be? A, can it be a prediction? Mm, sure. Yeah, that's a take. Yeah. I believe that the Red Sox lineup, as it is right now, has potential to be an exciting team to watch in the playoffs. Yeah, I... but but that won't happen if we don't get a pitcher. Yeah, I agree. Hunt, I cannot agree anymore. We have such an exciting lineup. Even when it's like big games, like against the Yankees, it's so fun to watch. But we won't be able to get there without any arms. Hundred percent. We, we 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 need an arm. I fully trust. I fully trust. Um, and I know Bayo trusts him too because we had that conversation. We trust Tanner Hawk as a starter. I yeah. We can love- see him. He has a nasty slider. The problem with him is going to distance. Yeah. Burns out. Going to distance after the fifth inning, that's where he burns out. Yeah. But I feel like we have enough arms in the bullpen. Even if we start Tanner Hawk to like the fifth inning, you already know, even if he's having a great game, take him out, throw a Garrett Willock in there to keep 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 it going. Um but I do believe that the Red Sox have an exciting lineup this season. And I think the very underrated move that a lot of people are like, eh, they don't, they're not really excited about is Von Grissom. Yeah, big. I wasn't excited at first. I Literally, right when it happened, I texted Liam and I was all mad. And then I, I started was mad looking. too. I love Chris Sale. Yeah, I loved him. And I thought, I thought like what I saw since of last year became, could have became something. But like I looked into it more when we were arguing about it, Liam, that one night. And I was like, I was like watching like a bunch of videos on him and stuff like that. I was like, hmm, I don't actually hate that as much as I thought because he's exciting. He's yeah, got a handful hope. of major league games. Like everyone, everyone had such like hard, hard opinions, and I get it because like Chris Sale, everyone had such like adamant opinions on it though. And it's like gee, you don't really even know what this kid. Is. You know his glove plays, but like he's only shown you that his back plays. He's hit wherever he's gone, so I we just kind of have to wait and see. If anything, wait. it's a, a media upgrade at defense which according yeah. to tom werner we would have won 90 games last year if we had that so yeah we had kiki um, well, a second short yeah. and he just wasn't producing last year uh, a lot of people had high expectations for kike and i mm-hmm. love the kid he's still looking for a team right now nobody's reaching out <laughs> <sighs> tough but, tough. but he, he he's a really nice guy and he's also reached out to a couple red sox players like hey tell him to sign me lol just kidding like you're not kidding you want to come back to boston yeah, yeah, oh, I believe it. Loved him, but but Von Grissom, I think I have high expectations for the kid. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's excited, and I feel like he has a chance to prove who he was or who he is. Because in in Atlanta, there was just no room for him. Yeah. They had Albies at second. They had Arcia and shortstop. There was just no no place for him. So I feel like now with the opportunity that he's gonna have in Boston, he's gonna rip it. And a lot yeah. of people are are doing prediction lineups and putting him last. I feel like he's gonna be probably a number, I don't know, number five, number six hitter in Boston. Was, five, six, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. And, and everybody, everybody trusts 
um Trevor Story right now. If we get the Trevor Story from Colorado, yep. healthy Trevor Story, that's big on defense, and it's a good bet in Fenway also. People forget well, how excited. Trevor Story was. Like they they like they think of him like the last three four years, and they think like oh yeah Trevor Story whatever he was so good like he was one of the best defensive shortstops he won like yep. so good and I I don't know what's happened but, but they keep uh we are I used to work with um what's the dude's name Liam I can't we were just talking about oh Pete Fatsy the hitting coach oh yeah uh, he he coached um, yeah so Pete Fatsy their hitting coach Glenn is from our hometown yeah okay that's awesome. Yeah, he were had a training facility, and he they keep talking about how he's really excited about how Trevor Story's uh, making big jumps this offseason. So hopefully, he can. needs to stay healthy. Yeah, I hope that's the case. Yeah, I hope he can stay on the field. Glenn, where, let me ask you this: so right now, where in terms of a playoff picture, where would you put the Red Sox? Right now, yeah, wild card team. You think right now they're a wild card team? No, not without the pitching. Yeah. Right. Okay. But with a pitcher, I so think, you think if I they think go out, so right now, right now, they're not a, a playoff team, right? Right now, in your opinion, a playoff lineup, but not a playoff team. Okay. okay. So if they go, so what your opinion is, if they go out and get Jordan Montgomery, they're a wild card team. I still feel they'll be a wild card team. Yes. You think they're that? You think they're that close to that? All it's going to take is one pitcher can we also talk real quick how jordan montgomery is not it, nor has he ever been close to a number one pitcher he's a very serviceable mlb player if he didn't have the postseason he just had he wouldn't be commanding 160 million dollars you can say the same thing for nate Valdi after 2018 which is perfectly yeah. fine however i like he's 30 what three yeah 33 years old and he wants 160 million dollars he's had like He's serviceable. He's an innings eater. He can. He's a. He's a solid number two on his best day, and uh, serviceable number three the rest of the days, which is fine. They need someone like that too, but they need someone that can lead the damn staff, and yeah. he's not like that guy. Yeah, um, I feel like, like I said, if they get him, we'll, we could probably be a wild card team because I feel like a lot of people are underrating. Bayo, they're yeah. underrating Giolito. If Giolito has a good year, yep. and he goes back to, I think he was fourth in Cy Young in 2020 or 2019. 19, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah if he has a season like that, I, I believe that the pitching stack could be good because remember, we have a pretty good bullpen. Yeah. And it's I four feel- years ago, though. How, can you, how, how realistic is it to expect him to return to that kind of form? There's got- still, there's still oh, a little bit of. Um, fan hope in him <laughs> for sure yeah i mean <laughs> liam but what positions was he put in last year though what did you say what positions does he put in last year you can't like he's playing for freaking cleveland and eat up innings in the the losing hope angels like so it doesn't but that doesn't mean you pitch like shit yeah but you can't win a game <laughs> like you're not gonna win a game when your team's giving up when you're when you're- your era doesn't need to be six trey yeah i know but i i, I mean so you can't you can't underestimate a guy that's been top five in the Young. Also, voters. no, I'm a Lucas Giolito guy. I think he's good in the rotation. I think I think his deal was also really good for oh, the Red Sox. They needed someone like that. But again, it's not who not they the need. Jordan no, Montgomery is not the guy they need. No, I when think. when we got Giolito, I said, oh, we got another Nick Pavetta. That that was that was my. I wasn't excited. I said another another Nick Pavetta. Yep. Glenn, would you extend Nick Pavetta next year? 
for bullpen, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't hate. I, I, I don't hate that. I like, I a, like, like a long man out of the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like when he comes out of the bullpen, he's a beast. Like a yeah, brand. he is. Yeah. I'd. I would love to see a Nick Pavetta extension. Just a yeah, good yeah. guy too. You know, you can tell he just likes competing. Mm-hmm. He gets yeah. fired up. Meaningless games. He gets so hyped. Like he every. Yeah, he was, I love it. It's awesome. Going, going back to Giolito, I know he's a pro, and I know his ERA was six something last year, but we also got to see the fact that Giolito wasn't in a stable team. Like he just kept getting traded around, moved around, and I feel like that can affect the pitcher in many ways. It's like when a pitcher, let's say, um, when a pitcher gets traded from a team or signs with another team, it takes them a little bit to get that chemistry to know the catcher. The catcher has a lot to do with it. The chemistry with the with the pitching coach, well, all of that stuff. I feel like having a full spring training with the Red Sox in a full season. I don't see him being a number one or a number two guy, but I'll see him being way better than what he was last year. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I think he might have been going through a divorce last year too. Did I read that somewhere? I could just be making that up, so don't don't come so at me if the that's year he not was true. Having mentally, he was yeah. right for sure. But again. I still don't think you can put too high of expectations. I think you can, I think you can guarantee 180 innings around a four, four and a half ERA if he, if everything goes well. And that's fine with me. That's fine. That is fine. Um, and also for what he got him for, like that's not, you're not expecting him to be an ace or be a two guy. Like he's going to be a three. No, honestly, I was surprised he got that much after his he last too. couple of years. Yeah. But eating innings, valuable, man. You can tell the market's crazy. And I know a lot of people would have probably hated me for this comment. And I'm going to say here. But to give Giolito that type of money, me personally, I would have rather given it to Marcus Stroman. Yeah, same. Couldn't agree more. I, yep, yep. But here's the thing, Glenn. Trey saying no. (laughs) No, here's the thing, Glenn. Everyone here knows that Marcus Stroman in Boston probably wouldn't have gelled that great and there's still things to be told about how he's going to gel with the Yankees I know he's had his experience with the Mets and also that didn't that wasn't great either his time with the Mets he had his issues with them uh I mean he was tweeting up a storm about the Yankees his entire time during the Met, uh his tenure with the Mets talking shit about them talking shit about Garrett Cole so him and Alex Verdugo in the same clubhouse could either be fantastic or it could be quite literally the worst clubhouse in terms of chemistry of all time Trey yeah, I play with Marcus his little brother Marcus is from his little brother Jaden they are not Boston people they're like they're from New York they are very New York people I think he'll be completely fine there if you're on the Mets you hate the Yankees and everybody hates Garrett Cole so you're gonna hate Garrett Cole no matter what um like so you can't get mad at him for talking crap that's his game that's who he is he's a loud guy so like he and I and I don't think that him and Verdugo Verdugo's also that kind of guy he's a he's a big personality like they said the same thing with like when Josh Donaldson um I forgot what team he went to, but they said he he'll never fit in with like a like a clubhouse. And if you're on the same team, you're not going to end up hating each other. That's not the way the game goes. You you find a way to like your teammates, and like I think I think he'll be fine there. But I don't think that we should have got him. I don't like him at all. I don't think. I, so I don't, you'd rather you'd rather give Lucas Giolito forty million than forty million to Marcus Stroman? It's crazy, Trey. But it's a gold glover too. Like it's that's it, crazy. I guess so. Yes, but I don't know. I don't know. Experience I, in the I, AL East too. 
Who? Strowman? Yeah. Blue Jays? Yeah. Came up with the Blue Jays? For like three years. I don't think that that's a big, big deal. You play every team. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, he has experience be- pitching in the AL East, competing that's in the fun. AL East. I just don't. I don't think it's that big of a flaw on our side. I think, yes, I do. Now I'm thinking, I do agree with the fact that I would have rather gave him that much money, but I don't think it's the biggest deal. And I don't think he would want to come here anyways. So I don't think it's even like a a thing. No, I don't think it's a big deal either. I don't think it's making or breaking the Red Sox season, but I would, in terms of moving forward, Marcus Stroman is a better piece to move forward than Lucas Giolito. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I don't see Stroman getting too much better. I can see Lucas Giolito. I don't see Giolito getting much better. Strowman's ceiling's way higher than that. But you, so you see, you could see Strowman getting better rather than Giolito having a bounce back season and being better. Giolito, yes, no way, you're crazy. Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Do could, Marcus Strowman would have? Yes, Trey. What, dude? No, no way. Glenn, come on, help me out here. And I feel, I feel that when you're playing for a team like the Yankees, I feel like you have that pressure where you have to be good. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. with the lineup you have, like you're gonna be so confident, you're gonna be so relaxed on the mound, knowing that even if the other team scores two runs, you got you got the lineup to score 15 runs in in a whole game. So I feel Absolutely. like I feel like one of his best years could probably be this year in the Yankees. I feel like it could be a a bounce back season, no matter the age, because I feel he's gonna want that pressure. I feel like. Um, the Yankees are known to have that type of attitude. And I, I, I just feel like he fits perfectly with the Yankees because I'm not a Strowman person. I don't mm-hmm. like the guy. But I wanted his attitude in Boston. I feel like he would have been the one to nail Verdugo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. he would have been the one. I was even talking, I don't know if you guys know um, Robbie Hyde. Yeah. I was talking to Robbie Hyde the other day, and I told him, what do you think if the Red Sox sign Mike Clevenger? Like, and Ooh. he was like, I will throw up. He told me I will throw up. I don't want him either. And I said, I wouldn't want him either, but I think it would be so entertaining to watch Bird- um to watch Clevenger versus Strowman in Yankee Stadium or in Fenway Park because it'll go to the old school Red Sox-Yankees rivalry where you hit one of my guys, I'm going to hit one of your guys because I feel like this generation is soft. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, I've, they're, they're not, there's not much policing the game going on like no, themselves anymore. It's too soft, and and excuse me for this, but I like the I like the bench clearing fights. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? I, I see, all, I see your shirt, Glenn. I just noticed that. Trey, did you see that? Look at that. Yeah, I, My <laughs> wife made it. Got the got the uh, Veritech A Rod fight on his shirt. This guy. Yeah, I spoke. I spoke to Veritech last year, and I told him, I was like, "Hey, can I just tell you?" I told him. I grew up watching you, but my favorite moment was you punching A-Rod in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, me, I'm sure you're not the first one to say that. Veritech told me, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that tell me that. He said, there was a guy that brought me a big poster and told me to sign it for him. Mm-hmm. And he said, I was so embarrassed when he brought me that, folder, uh, that poster that I said no, that I wasn't going to sign it for him. He said, I don't <laughs> sign stuff like that. <laughs> Damn. Well, some players don't, dude. It's weird. Some players really yeah. won't sign, um, like certain certain items. Which I mean, it's it's a 
iconic picture. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. really understand why you wouldn't. But so, um, I, so I like I like that rivalry. I love the bench clearing. I feel like if we had Clevenger, he would be the one to nail Verdugo, which I think right now the the one that probably would nail him is Nick Pavetta. I could see Nick Pavetta. I think so. Nailing. Yeah, I agree with that. Maybe maybe Whitlock. Maybe Whitlock <laughs> if he's in there for the right reason. I'm not sure. Not too even sure. Chris Martin. Chris Martin don't smile. No, no, he doesn't, man. That I'm a big Chris so, Martin guy. That guy is so serious. I remember when I met him last year, I spoke to him a little bit. He was short with his words, and he just wouldn't smile. I remember I said, because I'm always trying to make people laugh or whatever. I said something mm-hmm. funny to him, and he just looked at me like, that's not funny. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> damn. Yeah. Rough crowd, huh? Yeah, and Willock was damn. the same way, too. Huh. Interesting. Well, Glenn, I appreciate you so much for coming on here, man. Um, it was great getting to know you. Um, definitely want to have you on again throughout the season. I'm sure we're going to remain in touch. Um, where can people follow you on social media? People can follow me on Glenniel Garcia. At Glenniel Garcia on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find me Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Now, um, I'm a pastor. Okay. I I have my own church or whatever. I've had Jadier Molina's family come visit last year. So Ooh. um, so it's cool. We have a couple of baseball players that come and visit and stuff like that. I'm trying to get Bayo. I'm trying to mm-hmm. get Bayo. He always tells me, I'm going. I'm going and never shows up. But I have my own church. So if you go on my Instagram, it's about church. If you go on okay. Facebook, it's about church. Now, if you go on Twitter, it's only about baseball. Got it. Okay. Like Why is that? You just leaned like in on Twitter? baseball freaks in Twitter. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah. All right, Glenn, thanks so much for joining, man. Like I said, we're going to be in touch throughout the season. Can't wait to have you back on. And uh, best of luck if uh, you can talk to Alex Cora, Brian Bayo, anyone who uh, you have your connections with, make sure they get a picture before uh, spring training. For sure. And thank you for having me, Liam, um, Trey. We'll be in contact. You got my number. I got yours. Let's do this more often. I love talking about the Red Sox. Absolutely, man. If I hear something else, I'll let you know. (laughs) I'm your guy. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, brother.